the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from Revelation chapter 2, from verse 8 to verse 10. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. In these verses, the Lord spoke to the angel of the church in Smyrna and told him that you will face tribulation and some of you will be thrown into prison. But be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. First, I'd like to welcome you to St. Mary and St. Emiana Convent. I welcome those who are visiting here for the first time, and I pray that you take this time as a retreat, spiritual retreat, especially you are in the Great Fast, and try to benefit, try to limit the phone and the internet and the social media and if there is free time take this time to be in a spiritual retreat between you and god enjoy the quietness the calmness the atmosphere of the monastery and i know that the theme of this retreat be faithful until this and i will give you the crown of lives i, I like to speak about this verse. To be faithful means to be committed. But unfortunately, our society nowadays has a fear of commitment. People, for example, they are afraid of signing a contract. Some people, they are reluctant before getting into the marriage covenant. Some people are concerned to be parents and they choose not to have children in order not to be committed, even fear of a job commitment. And we hear many people say, I don't want to be obligated. I want to keep my options open. But without commitment, there is no personal involvement and there is no real sacrifice. Some people refuse to be committed in order not to take any risk, but sometimes in order to get rewarded, you need to take some risks. Yes, calculated risks, but when it comes to life with Christ or life with God, Christian must not be afraid of commitment because when it comes to our dedication to the Lord our God, total commitment is required. Think about this verse. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful until death. So what this verse is telling us, 
it is to be totally committed. And the Lord told us, love the Lord your God from all your heart, all your mind, all your power. So in the day of judgment, to receive the crown of life, as the Lord said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. In order to receive the crown of life on the day of judgment, are you willing to sacrifice anything the Lord is requiring from you or not? That's a very important question. Are you willing to sacrifice anything, anything that the Lord requires from you? Unfortunately, modern religion and many denominations has watered down the call of our Lord for commitment. So instead of commitment of faithfulness or commitment to life of righteousness or life of holiness without which no one can see the Lord as we read in the scripture, many churches and many denominations turn it into religious social club. So the church is just a religious social club. And some denomination actually preach and teach once saved, always saved. And this actually gives security for every member. Why? If you think about once saved, always saved means committed or not, faithful or not, the way you live your life, whether you don't do anything for your eternal salvation, you're saved. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, your Redeemer, your Savior, then you saved. You are saved. Once saved, always saved. And as a result of this false doctrine, many take comfort in knowing that once you are saved, you will always be saved no matter what. But this is not the teaching of the scripture. When the Lord said, be faithful until this, and I will give you the crown of life, means if you are not faithful until this, you will not get the crown of life. Without faithfulness to the end, the crown of life will not be received. If we read Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, but exhort one another daily, when while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Meaning what? St. Paul said, exhort one another, admonish one another, motivate one another. As long as it is called today, as long as you are alive, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, lest you prefer sinful life over holy life. If it is once saved, always saved, why St. Paul is warning them? He's speaking to believers here who are saved, but he's telling them, yes, you can lose your salvation if your heart is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And some, in fact, actually St. Paul mentioned to them and they left the faith. Like in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, St. Paul says, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in the latter times, at the end of the days, 
Some will depart from the faith, which means they were believers, but they will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirit and doctrines of demons. So, yes, some will leave the faith. And there is a real danger for every Christian to go back into sin, which will lead to eternal death. As we read in James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Brethren, brethren means believers. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and some turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. St. James is saying, a believer can wander from the truth. And if he wander from the truth, his end will be eternal death. But if you help this person and turn him back, then you are saving this person from the error of his way and from eternal death and you are covering multitude of sin. So to gain eternal life in heaven with God, you need to be committed, you need to be faithful to the very end. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. So what does it mean to be faithful? It means more than to believe. It means more than to believe. Because believing in Christ, as we all do, without a commitment, is very, very shallow. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 42 and 43, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. So many believed among the rulers. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. They believed in their heart, but they did not confess him publicly or by their actions. They did not follow him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And nowadays, for example, if you speak about Christianity and about the truth and about what's right and what's wrong, many people in your school, in your college, actually they will take a stand against you. So sometimes we do like this people. Yes, we believe in Christ, but actually we try to water down, to be politically correct, not actually to say the truth clearly. For example, if somebody told you, what do you believe about homosexuality, transgenderism? Think about how you're going to answer this question. Are you going to defend the truth regardless? Are you going to be faithful and committed to defend the truth? Or you like to be just politically correct? So then what is the difference between us and these rulers who believed in him, but they did not confess him? They did not confess the truth. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and life. Lest be put out of the synagogue. Lest we are singled out from these groups. And we try to fit in in these groups. So, to be faithful much more than to believe. And also to be faithful doesn't mean that you go to the church every Sunday. It's more than this. 
Many people, their commitment to God is these two or three hours every week when they go to church. The rest of the week, they are completely strangers from God in their conduct, in their behavior, in everything. And on Sunday, just they go to church. And the church for them is just activity. Another activity on my schedule. It is not a relationship with God. It is just a weekly activity. And I go to the church just to meet my friends and maybe I will take communion and that's it. But where is the life of righteousness? Where is the life of holiness? Where is the life of repentance? In Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9, the Lord actually gave us a beautiful parable. He said, he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree. Fig tree can be me or you. Planted in his vineyard. The vineyard is the church. And he came to seek fruit on it and found none. So I can be this fig tree that's in the church, every Sunday in the church. But when the Lord looks at me, he doesn't find any fruit. He doesn't find the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. For so many years, this person every Sunday comes to the church for the last 15 years, for the last 20 years, more or less. And every year I try to find fruit and I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? So maybe just we are using up the ground of the church. But unless we bear fruit, then we are useless, fruitless. But the keeper said, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it to remove all the deadly poisonous grass and fertilize it to give it spiritual nourishment. And if it bears fruit, well, and if not, after that, you can cut it down. So am I like this victory in the church? I'm not outside the church, in the church, but just I'm using the ground of the church, but fruitless. How many people from the church goers are fruitless? So to be faithful is more than just to go to church every Sunday. To be faithful means to are committed to life of repentance, life of righteousness, life of holiness. To be faithful also means to have confidence in God and trust his promises. Because one of the things that Satan will try to attack you with is despair, like how he attacked Judas Iscariot. And will tell you, God doesn't like you. God will not accept you. There is no repentance for you. And when actually we believe this, we will not be motivated to repent or to live life of, of holiness. For example, if you're if you are in college and your professor every day he sees you and tell you you are not gonna succeed you are a failure you're gonna fail the exam then how you will be motivated 
You're not being motivated. Satan does this with us. But on the other side, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us exactly the opposite. Don't fear little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So to be faithful means to believe the promises that God gave us in his son. Yes, like we read about the church at Siberna, the Lord told them, you will have tribulation. Some of you will be in prison. Some of you will be killed. But be faithful until this, and I will give you the crown of life. Actually, to be committed, you need to have big, big hope. This will motivate you with the challenges, with the tribulations of life. So what is going to motivate me to be committed? Commitment is is a large thing, it's a big thing. And I need big motivation. The motivation here is the promises of God toward me. That's why I said, in order to be faithful and committed, you need to cling to all these promises. These promises will keep you actually motivated, even in the tribulation, even in the challenges that you face every day. To be faithful means to be committed to do the will of God. Faithfulness is, as I said, is more than you believe in Christ, but is how you conduct yourself and how you do the will of God in your life. In the third letter of John, it's only one chapter, verse 5 and 6. John is speaking to a man named Gaius. He told him, Beloved, you do faithfully what you do for the brethren, believers. The word brethren in the Bible means believers. And for strangers, the non-believers. You have borne witness of your love before the church if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. So, St. John is telling him, your faithfulness is very clear. How? Can you see faithfulness? Faithfulness cannot be seen. But through his action, St. John was able to see the faithfulness of gangs. That's why he told him, you do faithfully whatever you do. So his action reflect his faithfulness, how he received the brethren and the strangers with love, with hospitality, with generosity, by doing the will of God. So yes, although faithfulness in itself cannot be seen, but I can see your faithfulness through your behavior, your conduct, your action. Also, in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 12, by Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, why he considers Silvanus is a faithful brother from his action, from his work. So we can say this person is faithful, is committed or not from action and behavior. That's why James, in his letter, chapter 2, verse 26, he said, Faith 
without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Only the active, obedient faith is a living faith. That is a genuine faith that will lead to eternal life. Also, faithfulness means to be in Christ. And I want to elaborate this, elaborate on this a little bit, because many of us don't understand this. For example, if I ask you why Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, you may say to teach us the importance of fasting, to give us an example that we follow, etc. But actually, there is a deeper meaning behind this. The Lord Jesus Christ practiced all the righteousness of the law. So, when I am united with him, when I am in him, what he practiced will be considered as if I did it. For example, if you are running after a car, you cannot catch the car. But if you are inside the car, the speed of the car is considered your speed. In the same way, if I'm running after the Lord Jesus Christ, I will never be in his righteousness. But I, if I am in him, his righteousness will be my righteousness. Then my fasting will be accepted in the fasting of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Lord never fasted, my fasting will never be accepted. If he never prayed, my prayer will never be accepted. So my, that's why people who fasted in the Old Testament and prayed and, and after they died, they went to Hades until the Lord saved them. My fasting, my prayer, any righteous deed that I do will have its value if I am in Christ. That's why he was tempted in everything like all of us, except for sin alone. He resembled us in everything. And this will explain the, the verse when the Lord said, In the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, it's like I tell you, you will face on your work many challenges. In, 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 the, in the college, for example, if you are in medical school, I will tell you in medical school you will have many challenges and many uh, difficult uh, exams, etc., etc. But don't worry, I passed all this, I'm graduated from medical school. You will say, okay, you graduated. How this has to do with me? But when the Lord Jesus Christ told us, in the world you will have many tribulations, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Because when you are in me, in me, you will overcome this tribulation. Why Jesus allowed Satan to tempt him on the mountain? So in him, when we abide in him, when Satan tempt me, I will be victorious. Not just because I follow the pattern of Christ. Nobody can follow the pattern of Christ. As if you are running after a car. You, you will not get the same speed. But in Christ, I can defeat Satan. So faithfulness means to be in Christ. And to be in Christ, it's a process. It start with baptism. You who are baptized, you put on Christ. Galatians chapter 3, 27. And then you need to stay in Christ to the very end. Be faithful 
until death. Sin separates us from Christ. But with repentance, I abide in Christ again. With communion, he who eats my body and drinks my blood, abide in me and I in him. So that what it means to be faithful. But the Lord also said, be faithful unto this or until death. This verse can be understood in two different ways, but the two different ways complement each other. Be faithful until death or unto death means to be willing even to die for Christ. That's unto death. And until death, until the last breath of your life. So we can understand unto death or until death, we can understand it in these two ways. And as I said, the two ways complement one another. To be faithful until the last breath of your life and also to be willing even not only to suffer but to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. So faithfulness here requires the highest level of commitment. I'm not saying this to scare you because again in Christ I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. If Jesus was able to die on the cross on my behalf, then in Jesus, I can die also for him. So we need actually to be willing for the ultimate sacrifice, which is our life. As we saw in the 20 martyrs of Libya, how these courageous people shed their blood for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, verse 25 whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it that's what the Lord said whoever loses his life for my sake will find it in the eternal life so who among us is willing literally to die for Christ if we are in the place of these 21 martyrs, who among us will be faithful unto death and who will deny the Lord Jesus Christ? To what extent you fight against sin? Do you give easily to sin or you fight? In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, for consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. So that is the level that God is asking from us to resist to bloodshed striving against sin. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. So, have you fought the good fight against sin to the extent you are willing to die in the process not to sin? Joseph the righteous chose to be in prison rather than to defile himself. And he said, how can I commit this great wickedness and sin against God? Very, very often, we give in too easily to temptation to sin. So the question here, are you really faithful unto death? 
if you give in to sin easily, actually, when you resist against sin, to bloodshed, now is the opportunity to shed our blood literally for Christ, then it will be easy. But if you don't resist against sin and you fight the good fight, if the moment of martyrdom happened, you will not be able to shed your blood for Christ. That's why one of the fathers, I think some Porsonophius, if I correct, if I remember correctly, he said, those who do not fast cannot be martyrs. Why? If I cannot just resist the temptation of eating, how can I shed my blood for Christ? See, now we are fasting. How many of us are fasting? And how many fasting with real asceticism? We abstain and then we control the quantity and the quality. While we are fasting, also are praying and doing charitable deeds and living the life of repentance. How many of us fasting truly? And if you are tempted, if somebody invites you to any celebration or banquet, some of us actually very easily will break the fast and say, it's just it's one day, let me break the fast today and I will continue from tomorrow. Is this a type of commitment? Is this a type of commitment? Think about how most of the apostles shed their blood for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as, as I told you, until now, many martyrs die willingly for the name of Christ. This message was written to Smyrna, right? And do you know the Bishop of Smyrna? Bishop of Smyrna, his name Polycarp. Polycarp, and he was a disciple of St. John the Beloved. Polycarp means the fruitful. Poly means many. Carp from the word crops. So Polycarpus means the fruitful. It's a, it's a nice name. So Polycarp was the Bishop of Smyrna. And Smyrna was captured by the Romans. So they brought Polycarp in front of the governor to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And the governor told him, deny the Lord Jesus Christ, reproach Christ, and I will release you. Do you know how Polycarp responded to this? Beautiful response. He told them, or told the governor, 86 years I have served him, Christ, served God, and he never once wronged me. How shall then I blaspheme my king who has saved me? I served him for 86 years, and he never one time wronged me. How can I deny him? How can I blaspheme him, the one who saved me? Then the governor was enraged, and he burned him, burned St. Polycarp. And actually, we celebrated his feast very, very soon. You know when? It's one day before Pope Carolus. Pope Carolus, March 9th, or Amshir 30th, Polycarp, Amshir 29th. It's one day before Pope Carolus. But his story is, is amazing. So, to what extent we are faithful 
in this country now unfortunately the anti-christianity is going the spirit of anti-christianity is spreading very very fast in this country if you don't approve their moral code you will be persecuted are you ready are you going to be faithful unto death to receive the crown of life so i said be faithful unto death means to be willing to die and to shed your blood but also it means to until death until the last breath of your life that's why the lord told us you need to count the cost like if you are building a tower you need to count the cost first if you are going to war you need to count do you have the weapons do you have the number of soldiers to defeat your enemy so every person who decides to be christian he must first count the cost of lifetime commitment to the lord jesus christ sometimes when i accept an office either in the abbey or in the convent here so i say to the person now you are 25 years old let me assume you're gonna live until you are 95. so are you going you are going to live here in this place for the next 70 years praying every day midnight praises doing this and doing that are you willing to have this commitment for the next 70 years he has to count the cost so what is the cost as christian what is the lifetime commitment the cost in being a christian include giving up your sins changing your lifestyle to be holy being willing to be persecuted by others blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness to completely deny yourself to stay away from the love of money love of pleasure pride ego so being a christian it is not just an activity as i said on sunday it's not a hobby to learn some hymns and to have some knowledge about the bible and that's it actually to be a christian means to be a disciple of christ imitator of christ to walk holy and to be perfect as he is holy and perfect it's a long-term commitment what about people who live for some time and then leave christ unfortunately these people will not receive the crown of life you know the letter to hebrews who are hebrews hebrews are christian from jewish background and then after they believed in christ some jews start to persecute them because he left judaism and became christian and tried actually to convince them either by persecution or by dialogue to return back to judaism and some of them started to entertain the idea of returning back to judaism that's why saint paul sent to them the letter to hebrews and in this letter there are five warnings regarding apostasy apostasy means falling away returning back to judaism there are five warnings so if i am not faithful unto death until the last breath of my life 
I will not actually receive the crown of life. Only those who are faithful until death will be saved. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 to 14, Beware, brethren, that's one of the warning. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, living God departing, falling away. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. I told you, we are in Christ, partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So, I cannot just start with Christ and then leave him in the middle. No, we will be partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Be faithful until this. So, Christians, they are not quitters. In our society, many people are quitters. As I told you, some people, they don't want to commit themselves to anything. And they quit after they get a project, they quit, they don't want to commit, uh, continue. And unfortunately, in Christianity, many people started with Christ, but for some reason or another, they start to be quitters and no longer follow the Lord. So, the thought of going back into sin and leaving the Lord should be unthinkable to the Christian. You know what St. Peter said about this? In 2 Peter chapter 2, from verse 20 to 22, he said, For if, after they escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so people already escaped the pollution of the world, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter is end is worse for them than the beginning. So, if after they were escaped from the pollution of the world by the knowledge of the Lord, they became entangled in the pollution of the world and overcome by the pollution of the world, then the later the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. So as if we vomited this sinful way, but if the person returned to the sin, as if dog returns to his vomit, and a soul having washed to her wallowing in the mire. So, never quit fighting the good fight of faith. Never surrender yourself to the devil and go back to sin. The heaven will not actually have any quitters, but the faithful will be full of those who are faithful until death. Those who finished the race of faith. As St. Paul said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the wreath. So, don't let Satan make you believe, oh, 
it is difficult. Can I commit my life to Christ, you know, to the last breath? No. Say, I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. So, what actually will help us to keep motivated and our focus on our spiritual life? If you put your eye on the eternal life, if you know that we don't have a permanent place here on earth, we are just passing through the world, our citizenship is in heaven, our permanent home is in heaven. That's why you need to set your mind on things above. As St. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, Keep your eyes upon heaven and keep your eyes on the promises and the glory that the Lord promised us to give us when we finish the race faithfully. God promised us immortality, endless joy, perfect and complete fellowship with Him for all eternity. No eye has seen, neither ear heard, neither have come upon the heart of man. So, hopefully, we understand this verse, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.